Hello everybody and welcome back to Sparks and Rhinestones pageant podcast. I'm your host Hannah Golding, founder of Sparks and Rhinestones and we are one of the leading UK pageant experts or podcasts shall we say on pageantry. So <clears throat> it's hot. I'm not gonna lie it's really hot. I am melting in my magic tan right now. Um, I definitely got a tan massage where it's sweated off. So that's fun. <laughs> I've actually turned the fan off for you guys so you don't hear this really loud fan. And for the old school, when I say old school, it's not really old school now, is it? It's been a year. If you stayed in Park Hall, like in the little annexes, um, wow, I know this last year they had them. Um, but, <laughs> but I have literally the same heater, like little storage heater. Um, but it has a fan on it. And that's what I've been using. It works. What can I say? Um, but yeah, I'm just prepping for Pride tomorrow, and <sighs> here we go, guys. Now, I wanted to say before I get into the episode, because you know we don't start straight off on the episode, we don't get straight into it. Let's be honest, you hear me chatting for a couple of minutes, hear about my day, catch up. <laughs> um, my day's been awful, no. Um, so... I wanted to say thank you for all the love and feedback from the last two episodes. I am very happy with how they've been perceived. I know sometimes talking about um, subjects in pageantry like red flags can really... It can go two ways. People can get offended by it or like choose to take offence even though it doesn't apply to them or be offended on someone else's behalf when you have to question why you're being offended because I think sometimes with pageant red flags like I know that I've definitely been a red flag in the past like entered loads of systems wore a different crown over a different sash you know I've seen systems that have definitely been red flags and been involved and seen things you know I've seen a lot of stuff I should talk to somebody (laughs) I wonder if they'd be interested um but no it's it's hard sometimes to be very delicate and on this podcast I try and be as unbiased as po- as possible like in regards to different systems and pageant queens and, and everything but I think especially since this is a free platform and I can provide you with all this knowledge for free that I should be my most authentic self of you guys and tell you exactly how I feel and what I feel and I know that I love you guys, I say guys, girls, girls, uh, <laughs> all of you feel the same way, it's just having someone put it into words sometimes, and I think that sometimes, how many times have I said that, I think that's how sometimes when you have a pageant um, interview, like coaching, sometimes you just need to have someone uh, sort out all your thoughts and then, you know, put it into your own words. And you can have at least five shots of water for how much I said sometimes. There you go, six. Hydration shots, especially in this heat wave. Stay hydrated, girls. Now, the episode we're talking about today is the over-rehearsing. So this is something that happens a lot in pageantry and sometimes you don't know it. And it can be through coaching as well. And... This is just how to not do that, basically. So one thing you might get in your feedback, that you sounded over-rehearsed or the answer didn't flow as well. So over-rehearsed answer. And I feel two ways about this because 
you know, what? where do you draw the line on being prepared for your pageant interview? Because, you know, you're not going to say that you're over-rehearsed in a walk. So when it comes to a question, like, if you're really well-versed in that question or well-versed in that answer and all the subject matter, it's going to sound very well put together. So where does it cross that line from, you know, very passionate to it's over-rehearsed? Because you should be. If you're talking about the system or your platform or the stuff you've done, then there should be some passion in that and there should be a lot of knowledge and facts. And, yeah, I just think where's the line because if you went into a pageant interview especially if you're you know 40 50 percent like some pageant systems are for interview and didn't prepare at all they're gonna be saying you're like underwhelming you're not prepared enough yet you do like a good amount of training train by yourself suddenly you're over rehearsed it's a very fine line um and yeah, so I am going to go through some things. It's like, for my podcasts, they're never rehearsed. <laughs> I think the last two episodes are ones I actually had to write stuff down. This is just my thoughts of pageantry. But this is something that um has been in my head for a while now. And a lot of people have asked. And, well, here we are. Now, the key to the perfect, when I say perfect, obviously we know perfection doesn't exist, but let's just roll with it, the perfect pageant interview, like the perfect pageant interview is a combination of a number of things, um, a good judging panel, that's the first basis, now my thoughts on the judging panel is of course they need to be diverse, so you know, if you wouldn't have a panel of non, like the full pageant panel of non-pageant people. They has to have pageant people in there because you need to know <laughs> what a pageant expects because then it goes on the viewpoint of, I mean, you have that before, you have like celebrities, like back in the day, celebrities would be on the judging panel and they have no idea what a pageant person is meant to be and they just pick the, the best looking one, you know? No idea about, they're not looking for... The outfit they go, wow, that's full of sequins. Marco is a 10, even though it's not fully zipped up. You know, she's not staying in, um, like, she's, like, moved really fast. She's not posing for anything. She's just gone in and out, not looking at the judges, not looking down. It's ill-fitting. They see sequins and a beautiful face, and like, bang, 10 out of 10. Um, now, <laughs> I don't know how long it's been since we've had celebrities on panels, but, I mean, influencers are the ne- next best thing, aren't they? Um, you need to have pageant queens, even if the past... I think past pageant queens are obviously a lot better because they're a bit more impartial. Um, but, yeah, the same as, obviously, you'd have plus-size women on a plus-size panel. Um, you'd have women of colour on... Um, pageants of colour um, and of culture and uh, yeah I think that well you should have all those women on normal panels anyway um, but I do know of course there is a lack of diversity even though there's a lot of diversity there's still a lack of diversity through some pageant systems and some judging panels um, but anyways you want a judging panel you can vibe with and um, it's very hard it's very hard sometimes if you aren't the person to be very chatty and to be an extrovert and, you know, 
that's why these judging panel setup like settings are meant to be a bit more cozier it's not meant to be scary it's meant to be a conversation which we will come to that point in a minute um so a good judging panel you're obviously in a boss ass outfit suit dress pantsuit top whatever you're wearing you're feeling good looking good um and then you're going to have a mixture of questions they're not just going to be what's your favorite color or your favorite flavor of ice cream there should be questions that are a bit more thought-provoking um there'll be questions tailored to you based on the information you give them and depending on your pageant system there might be questions to talk about you know eco pageants there's always like the environment um there might be political questions but honestly hardly any pageants ask political questions the only sort of questions would be will be like social questions you know about women's rights and equality basically just human rights um <laughs> and you'll get that for, you know like top five um miss universe questions something like that in the uk and then of course we're not talking about international we're talking about here in the uk so there'll be a mixture to get to know you and that's what the interview is just to get to know you the interview is not meant to be scary but you have to see that interview as if you're taking this pageant seriously now i think a lot of people go oh well you know i'm really just in i'm not in it to win it like never i'm never gonna say i'm gonna win it but you know i'm really just happy to be here i'm like yeah that's cool but i wouldn't enter a system if i wasn't wanting to win like you're not gonna waste all that money in training and and money on outfits and stuff just for an experience you know like you're going there with some element and if you're not feeling like that maybe that's not the system for you i know there's a difference between cocky and confident 100 percent. and i always said when i was going for my title and i was like oh my god you're gonna win i'm like i might win but you know i am just happy like what will be will be whatever happens happens like i've given my best and i've represented myself to the best i can be you know it's not my hands anymore it's in the judge's hands um I would have made peace if I didn't win. Yeah, but cool. Wasn't my time. I've been in that position before. I know how it feels. And for those who have not been in that position before <laughs> and then have to experience it, it sucks. <laughs> it really does. But, you know, you could be in the position of winning. Um, But it, this is where the attitude will then kind of come off in your interview because if you're not confident in your answers like when it comes to why should you win or why do you want to win or what would you do if you were to win it, yeah it's not going to show as much the nerves are going to show now once again the overrehearsed ugh, the words um but some people sometimes call that a pageant patty and uh i hate that word it's very it's, it's an american term and i've used it before and <laughs> i don't need it anymore because we have an amazing patty here of the glam squad uk glam squad we don't need another patty um that's a pageant derogative term pageant patty um spelled differently i guess but no we don't need that word anymore because i think it there are words and i'm going to use key phrases that this is where it would explain to someone if they were to say it um but there are going to be stereotypical answers. It's just up to you to try and change that and add your own personality in. So, 
before we go into that, you can hear a train. This is why I live in Swindon. Hear those trains. Um, so when it comes to your interview, you of course are you're being interviewed for a job role. That's what you have to think of it as. If you want the job title of, you know, that pageant, then that's how you treat it. But of course, there's the two P's, there's the pageantry and the personality. There are two P's that need to come across in your interview. Of course, P for passion, and we can get into all the different P's, perseverance, preparation, <laughs> all the different ones. Um, but this is where I said there's a balance. You need to have um, a balance with your preparation, and this is what we're going to go into. But the you have to treat it like a conversation between friends. And I also do say as well, you have to treat the judges like they're dumb. And you're basically explaining to them how water works. Um, I want to turn on the tap because for some things you do need to explain a little bit. Not everyone is going to know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I don't mean you have to literally explain like water, but like, <laughs> you know, you have to explain more because a lot of you girls do amazing, incredible things and you never explain any of them. And that's what you need to do. But the number one thing of how people sound over-rehearsed in their answers is they repeat the answer, uh, the question back. Now, as I said, pattern information and ideas change, and sometimes you can use that as, you know, a couple of seconds of to think about the answer you're going to give. However, picture this. We're talking in a conversation. I'm like... Okay, so where did you get those trainers from? So, so I got these trainers at this. Okay, so how much were they? The price of these trainers were this. Um, okay, have you got anywhere fun to wear them? They look really good now. Yes, they do look fun, and I plan to wear them at this, this, and this. Um, and I'm kind of aware that that's probably not the best way of explaining it. But if you're talking to someone, they're repeating your answer back to them and then adding their own answer in um it's going to sound very weird and that's what you have to think so let's go for a pageant interview tell me about yourself so yep a little bit about myself is this 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 okay tell me why you entered the reason i entered tell me why this pageant why this pageant is because what qualities you have the qualities i have is this um you know how are you going to implement your platform? Should you win? How am I? How I'm going to implement my platform is, um, you know, and it just like it's the same with the whole the like the crown needs. Do you need the crown? You're like, I need the crown because you. I need the crown. This crown needs. Can you see where I'm going with this? If you keep repeating it, and it does happen, and it's, I've had it in training many times with different girls, and. I am honest and saying if it if you say it in one question that's great but like it happens, but if you're constantly saying the question back, like I might say why this pageant I chose this pageant because I'm like no because you should be replacing this pageant with the system you're competing in, um, so you're just repeating back what I've said and then adding an input when. You can showcase your personality on so much and 
it's just trying to get out of the habit of doing it. So when you do interview practice, I always say to write three keywords of the question. Now, that is because you can form your answer around these three words um, and yeah, you can form your answers around the three words. It doesn't sound too rehearsed because, you know, you're not reading word for word. And also, if you did write an answer now, there are people, people have different learning styles as well, for a start. So someone might have a photogenic memory and, oh, my feet turns really bad, my foot. Sorry, just my feet aren't out anyways, that's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, people have different learning styles and... They might feel a bit better, but honestly, for a lot of people, especially the overthinkers, girls, <laughs> if you are, if you write down like the best answer you have, and then you're practicing that answer constantly and constantly, and then you slip up because you change a couple of words, you miss a couple of words, and you're thinking to yourself, and then you get in your head, and that shows to the interviewer, and that shows that you're like they don't know what you're going to say so they're expecting these words and this is where it all comes out frazzled and things get mixed up um you invent new words because it happens it happens when you haven't practiced it like that (laughs) but this is where the bullet points and there's actually so you get a trade secret here a trade secret so there's an activity i do with some of my girls and we are coaching, it's basically just a word association game, and I might have said it before, actually. I haven't done it for a long time, because I think for some of us, we're, we're rebuilding. But for, like, my girls who are long-term, and sometimes you just need to shake up a bit of training so it doesn't become same Now, I would just say one word, and they had to form their answer around that. So I wasn't asking a specific question, I was literally saying one word. So I could say platform, then I could say Disney, and I could say Beyonce, you know? <laughs> like a book. So much things that you can form an answer around. But yes, the number one way of you sounding over-rehearsed is repeating the question back, 100%. Now, sometimes it can be very hard to get out of that habit, but it can be doable. So... For one, rather than repeat the question, it's taking the key phrase. So let's go through, and we'll get to think out in a minute. <laughs> I was thinking, so if you were to win, what would you do with your year? So rather than, if I was to win, I have this plan, this one. And the, the words usually are many appearances and so many charity events. Um, but rather than repeating the question, so, you know, what do you plan to do if I was to win? You could say, the first thing's first, you know, so straight away you've just gone into something different or you can make a joke like, if you could see my planner or you could see my diary, um, hyper like highlighters because they're all colour coded, um, you can make a joke, <laughs> something goes to you if you win, after calming down and, uh, you know, pinching myself for the next few days and because this question is really similar to um, what would be the first thing you would do should you win? Now, some people take that question really literally, as in the first thing you do, or they mean like the first act you have of a crown. I remember actually having a, <laughs> an argument with a pageant 
um person about this because they're like no nah, that system um is not looking for that answer um they just want to have fun i'm like there's having fun but there's also like if you're gonna have a fun answer give me a bit more you know so for example the first thing you do is you win i'd cry i'd call my friends up and tell them that i won um you know and i'd have that crown shot with me sleeping i know a lot of you girls do but i was not doing that when i won it was like one in the morning we ordered pizza hut and it was not the best pizza but we did it perfectly fell asleep <laughs> after she asked for ice cream and never got it i was not looking good because i sweated off nearly all my makeup um <laughs> having ever the chance to cry it like there was no tears it was just heat just the sweat um but, you know, it's just a really short answer. I'd like to know a bit more. Like, I always say with this answer, like, win or lose, as I said, I'd have a cry. <laughs> I'd order myself pizza. And if I won, I'd treat myself to some ice cream. And if I lost, maybe I'd treat myself to ice cream anyways, just for commiserations. Um, you know. And you can use that question to answer the first thing you do as well. Not just, like, literally the first thing. Um, but... You know, you first act as a queen. Then you've answered two questions in one. And it's always... I'm going to tell you now, in pageantry, you're always going to have conflicting advice. Always. There'll be some people who think their advice is better, and some people will agree with that, and some people won't. You may really agree with what I'm saying, or you might think I'm talking a load of hot air who's currently in the room right now, but that's not to do with me. Um, <laughs> but I always think that you can always add personality and pageantry. You can turn any question into pageantry. Um, however, I think it depends on how your interview's gone. If you've had a really, like, strict interview just talking about really, like, tough things, and then you get a question that can give a slice of your personality, you're going to slice it up. Or serve it up, baby. Let's not say slice it up. You're going to serve it up after it's been pre-sliced up <laughs> for you, for there. Um, you know, it's you are leading that interview. Everything you say is what they're basing their answers on and basing what they know about you on. Um, so with that, I do believe that... If you have a personality question or you have an answer that has a personality, I want to know a little bit more about that because you can then joke like going back to that personality thing of like order food you know like it's a pageant tradition isn't it it's always get food and since we're staying in the hotel we're not going by mackies but maybe it might save us but you know one time <laughs> you know you can say a funny story about you can say anything like i will always remember i haven't had to say this in the pageant interview but um I remember the fire alarm went off after one uh, yummy in 2017. Uh, eight o'clock in the morning. And there were my PJs. I didn't bring my sash, but I bought my crowns. So I was like, sashes can be remade. I'm having these crowns. <laughs> that and a chocolate pizza. Like, funny stories. There are loads of funny stories that you could have. Um, and also I say, like, if you laugh in your interview, they kind of have to laugh. It's peer pressure. <laughs> so even if your joke was bad or didn't land you do a little giggle and they kind of get the vibe you might do an awkward smile um but anyways back to the matter in hand 
yeah so it's not it's leading with a different answer so like you know the what qualities do you possess to be a queen um rather than say the qualities i possess are you know it could be let's go with you know one quality i would always say i am is this or you know loyalty is the first quality i would say or you know like it's the same with the three words like my three words that describe me are my first one would be you know you don't start off with that and you wouldn't start off in a normal conversation so it's it's yeah it's all about the tone of voice as well and and how you're pronouncing everything and you know the excitement of what you're talking about i always say this with my girls for on stage question on stage question you have to be a little bit more dramatic um well not dramatic more theatrical i guess with some of the stuff you're saying so like when it comes to like if you're passionate and excited about something so i'm trying to gather an example in this heat exhausted mind of mine right now so let's go on um why you want to win okay so i want you to listen if i can do this I really want to win because I'm really passionate about the things I do. I love this title. I love everything of being a queen. And I know that by holding the crown and sash, I would do justice to this title. Okay. So, I can't remember what I've just said. (laughs) But, yeah, what would you feel? Why do you want to win? I really want to win. This is a pageant I've been dreaming of for so long. I love everything about the system, from the sisterhood to the crowns to all the work the queens do. I'm just so in love with this. That's why I came back. That's why I'm here today to compete for the title. I like. I'm trying to like not go into a different answer now, but you can tell straight away the difference in how I'm putting my words across. Maybe my body language is a bit more animated. There's there's a difference as well. So when you're rehearsing, rather than you speak, 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 and all the words, all the words, all the words, all the words coming out, it's taking the time to talk about everything and then go on to something else and then do with different pictures of the voice. But remember, don't pause too long. Because if you pause too long, someone else will ask another question. And you haven't finished what you're saying, and it's very awkward, and you're trying to backpedal now. And if you say, like I was saying in the last question, it's kind of really awkward, and it's just like, hmm, very awkward. Now, the same was if you get asked a question and you just stop. Because that's why some people use the whole... um repeating the question back so it gives them a couple of seconds but if you're well practiced rather than over rehearsed you will know that you have some sort of answer for this um so that answer should should come out shouldn't it um <laughs> but yeah it's like i said it's, it's pageantry you're having a conversation so you're just talking like you were your friends but of course they're not your friends they're marking you and judging you although maybe they are your friends who knows <laughs> The friends I've had in pageantry recently. Um, but 
with all of that, it's hard to want to get everything you have to say. So this is where to not over-rehearse is, is literally to not over-rehearse. Make sure you have at least a weekly session with just yourself or with your coach. Um, don't go over the top. The flashcards are really important. Um, I used them when I was going through my interview practice. It just really helped me. Doing it with a friend can help. But, you know, I'm, I'm not just here to say buy my flashcards. But, like, if you want to write those answers out, you know, prepare for everything. But just to let you know when it comes to your interview, there might be something you haven't prepared for. Or there might be a question that throws you a little bit. Don't be afraid to ask the judge to repeat a question or explain a question. Um, but there's not too much you can say of being over-rehearsed. Sometimes I think it's how you, of course, come across with your body language and, you know, your voice projection. Maybe it might be you might have to tone down a little bit if you get too excited. Um, it's hard because some people are like little excited puppies and other ones are more reserved. And I think that having a more experienced judging panel will help contribute to that. Um, so... <laughs> And we've had this before with, with people talking about judging panels. Like, that judging panel cost me this. And it's like, the reason we have such big judging panels, guys, is because it gives you an average. So, let's say there are six judges, one marks you low, one marks you really high, and then next, like, average scores maybe on, like, the high side. That low score is going to be cancelled out with a really high score because everyone has different opinions and different things. Of course, if there are two or three judges that judge that way, then there must be a general consensus. Or they just don't like you. Um, <laughs> no. Because, um, you know, they're not getting paid for it. Judges are giving it their free time. I mean, some judges do, you know, and they get accommodated very nicely for it. Um, so there are other ways. But they're not there to stick you out, like, they just want to find the best queen for the job, that's what it is, so yeah, don't repeat the question, uh, don't pause too long, don't, try and be calmer, and this is hard with accents, so, I mean, apparently I have an accent, but I don't hear it, but you know, for me in Swindon, we're very uh, country, I would say. So we have a country twang. Because um, even though I'm in, I say the city, I'm in the town. You know, Swindon in Wiltshire, <laughs> that's the whole scene. Um, you ever speak really posh, if you sound like you're from Swindon. That's the that's a joke that runs around about Wiltshire. Um <laughs> Because everywhere else is posh. Um, apart from Swindon, apparently. It's because we have our own borough council, that's why. They're just jealous. <laughs> Not jealous in the COVID times when they had better restrictions than we had. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I I, don't feel like I have much of an accent, but I'm seven. Whereas northern um, girls will have more of an accent, or Scottish, or Welsh. There's different twangs and different dialect tones and... It's hard sometimes when you're really passionate about something that you'll talk very fast. Because I am, I'm a fast talker and I'm also a hand speaker as well. Always using my hands. Um, 
and this is ways of if you're speaking really fast the judges are finding it really hard to understand you and this is where we need to slow down and this is where like the the over-rehearsed part comes into that um and that is another thing to practice as well if you have an accent it's unfortunate but you know we're not saying to lose the accent at all because it's a massive part of you i love hearing the different accents but it's being able to understand as well and i say that as in someone who like, people don't understand me. Sometimes I speak and I'm too quiet. And then other times I'm too loud. <laughs> I speak really, really fast. Um, you know, like, no one is... Not everyone is going to understand you. Like, 100%. Uh, <laughs> but it's all about that practice. And it's just not burning out with your practicing. So when I was coaching... When I obviously I coach now, but when I was practicing myself, coaching myself, I found that for me it was easier to do it at random times. But usually when I was preparing the interview cards for people, because I would just pick up a random card as I'm cutting away, um, the cards obviously, um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, maybe after um some coaching sessions, I'm like, do you know what? I'd like to answer that question. So so let me go and do it, and then. I'd add in my own questions about the stuff that I'd done, um, which, of course, paid off because we were talking about personalised representation. That was last my interview. Um, so I was able to talk about that, though. Now I'm literally going, I didn't talk about the pee and pageantry, I don't think. I'm like, why did I miss that out? It's a big part. <laughs> oh, I'm just here, like remembering over a month later not that it matters because the crown is safely secured the bag is secure um <laughs> but yeah you're always going to look back into you and think i should have changed this i should have changed that um you might think you waffle to one and then you win best interview you're like what what but yes so it's it's tailoring the answers to you as well and also to the system so um i always have said I found random times to practice, but it was usually maybe every weekend um, or a couple of evenings when I wanted to distract myself from my essays. Um, I would not have more than a week training. And this is the important thing, guys. Rather than going overboard when it comes to the pageant, you want to give yourself two weeks off. And I say this all the time, and you will. Give yourself two weeks off to do your pageant prep. And that's obviously all your beauty prep. Finish off your appearance book if you haven't ordered it. Um, don't leave it tonight before, guys. Honestly, why am I seeing so many, so many posts about this? Don't do it. Guys. Girls. Girls. Let's, 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 let's change the narrative there with that. Prepare it. Because it will help you with your interview prep as well. Because you can literally flick through your book, point to a page, and like, right, explain that to me. Because sometimes I do that. Sometimes you just do. Tell me about um, this appearance. This is why I put an index in my appearance books because then I can see, and it's sectioned as well. <laughs> this is the key. Why? Yes, my appearance books that I do for others are sectioned to the type of appearances. So if a judge has the appearance book in front of them, they can choose exactly. Um, and that's why it's being well versed in your appearance that you do, which is why you don't need to do all the pictures and the social media stuff. Because if I tell you to explain this day and you have no idea other than you wore this colour top, it's a wasted appearance and you've just wasted your interview question. Um, 
but yes organization is key to that give it an index it's just so nice um anyways which also comes to the question when people say about preparation should you prepare a pageant cv or an additional appearance book for the judges in your interview and i am gonna say no um (laughs) don't do it because i've had I've had this once before and I was more distracted with the piece of paper than I was listening to the person's answers and it kind of took it away because there'll be some pageants where they have a CV or application um, or bio sheet they have in front of them. When I judged Canada Galaxy I had the bio sheet in front of me and then I was able to ask questions based on that sheet. You know you don't need to bring an additional thing in because then I've got too much information here you know, things are gonna gonna get missed. And also, I don't wanna read on a piece of paper what you've done. I wanna hear what you've done. Because you can write an amazing blurb. Or even I can, like if I've done your appearance book. Um but I wanna know why that's your favourite appearance, why you love that, why you did it in the first place. And I'm not gonna get that from a book. So one thing that was mentioned earlier and then I got distracted with whatever we were talking about about interviews is of course avoiding like the pageant party when you need a new name tell me what we should call it um i don't know because like you can't say pageant karen because that's the one who complains all the time um we'll, we'll come up with a name we'll bring her into this century but anyways, it's using the stereotypical pageant answers. This is another thing that makes your answers sound overhyped. So we've said this before in podcasts. So if you say, this is my dream title, I hate that. Unless you stipulate why it's your dream title. Like, this is the title I've been dreaming of all year. I think sounds a lot better than this is my dream title that I've been wanting since the age of five when the system was not even done yet. Unless, of course, you are competing for pageants that have a longer history than your lifespan. Um, <laughs> you know? But I can't say that, that. I've been dreaming since UK National Miss, since I was a little girl. It was, it, was, it was started in 2020. You know? I can say I wanted to be a national title holder, even though I have been ones before. But you know, there are different elements in different layers. Um, so, you know... And once again, it's a conflicting advice. Some people like hearing about a dream title. I don't. I like hearing about why it's a dream title. I know you've been dreaming about this for the past year or two years. If you compete for five years, tell me that. Five years, you've been dreaming of this title. It sounds a lot better than this. It's my dream title. And then it's the whole... I would do so many appearances and so much charity work. Okay, cool. But tell me which ones. Give me examples. Tell me plans you have, you know. Um, what other typical answers are there? Now, I know there is the whole, who's your role model? My role model is my mum because um, I can't relate to that, obviously. Um, your girl does not have a good home life. Uh, well, family life. Home life is good now, you know. Penelope may be really harsh to me during some holidays, but, um, (laughs) nothing, 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 nothing like I used to have growing up. But anyway, um, it's, it's great to have a role model, but you need to kind of like also relate it back to yourself. So if they've inspired you, if they've helped you, 
Um, and most of them have, you've got taxi drivers and paying for your gowns and your coaching and they're always there as a cheerleader. You know, half of my, half of mine are adopted pageant mums who've cheered for me and pageant girls. Um, but yeah, like you have to, and some people are like, we'll step outside the box. I'm like, I'm going to say this obscure person, but you need to explain about them. As I said, you have to treat the judges like they're dumb. Explain about that person and how they relate to you. If you have a craft, if you're an artist and you say an artist, how they inspired you with that. And the inspiration does not always have to be pageantry, you know? If I was to say a role model inspiration, I do do the cliche of Penelope. And the reason I do the cliche <laughs> is because the, there's no one in pageantry, like, there's no one person because everyone is inspiring. And sometimes I might make link to talk about my interview platforms because I've interviewed so many different girls who can be inspirations, who are inspirations, or should I say. Um, but I say Penelope because I said she inspires the type of person that I want to be. I want to be that role model. I want to teach her about the charity work that we do and how to be kind to others, you know, and to be self-aware. And this is the sort of question that actually came up with, you know, like what would you teach your, like what advice would you give her? Um, you know, and it's all about respect, not so respect your body, because that sounds really, like, cliche right now, but it's owning your body, you know, any size, any shape, not focusing on, because, I mean, I grew up in a house that was fixated on weight, it's not fun at all, um, but, yeah, it's thinking outside that pageant box when you have the answers, so rather than typical, like, uh, I need the crown because... I would work really hard with it. How would you work really hard? Explain these reasons. Come up with different words, you know, rather than hardworking, passionate, and, you know, hardworking. <laughs> so much hardworking. It's hard work, guys. It's hard work. Um, You know, there are other words you can use. Don't be afraid. Don't feel like you have to say stuff that is pageant-related. Um, But, yeah... What if you if you led with, I believe I'm the right person for this crown because because when I just asked you, why do you think you should be the right person for this crown and you said this and you said this crown and not said, you know whatever crown you wanted, um and then you said because you're hardworking and dedicated and passionate, um you work really hard with the crown, any examples, and you just back it up and this is where you sound like, ah oh, stereotypical Susan. Maybe that will be it. Maybe that. But then is Susan a good one or a bad one? I don't know. There are some girls in pageantry called Susan. You're never going to go. I don't know. We'll think of that. But let's get real here for a second before we finish. Because I think I'm falling asleep. And I've got to write an essay about boobs. And that sounds more fun than it is. Uh, it's not. It's... <laughs> It's about breast cancer. It's not fun at all. I have to do maths as well. It's not really fun. But anyways, um, when you get to a pageant interview, it's a different surreal experience. When you're competing for a title, it's different. And we all have different views of what makes a pageant queen and how you're going to be a queen and your year afterwards. Or, you know, your year as a finalist, you know, you give what you receive. 
like in time and energy and effort not money um <laughs> not money unless there's a cash prize for these pageants um then you're quids in but like it's just if this is your hobby and this is you having fun make sure you keep that element of fun and don't push yourself too hard don't compare yourself to other people and just enjoy it like I just want to stress that enough that you can do all the coaching in the world and you might fall back into bad habits on the day and this happens or you might forget something that you practiced you know you're like yeah I really wanted that question um you know it's making sure that you're not overstressing yourself like there are some girls that will have a couple of sessions and not have any more because they panic too much and there are some people where the advice goes out one in in one ear and out the other so they have weekly sessions or every few days leading up to the finals you know it's everyone learns in different ways but if you're feeling like your answers are sounding very samey and very rehearsed record yourself listen to what you're saying and then see if you need help if you have a coach tell them that this is how you're feeling you know like it's hard when you're doing individual questions in the coaching session you're like i just sound the same i'm just repeating the same things and that's because you're you're practicing individual questions so the flow is not there so maybe it works well with more mock um timings now you also have to remember that with a pageant interview, it's only three minutes or five minutes maximum. Um, so when you're in your session of a half an hour and you're feeling like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, you would have already done your interview. So please don't panic. <laughs> I mean, you might be like some of my girls who have a session the night before the pageant final or on the pageant final you know, I've done it before, I was at Galaxy in the snow, I, <laughs> I helped uh, Natalie on the day of the Galaxy International Finals of it into, and she won best in interview, I mean, that's a combination of good training for myself and Beth as well, um, from Queen Bee, um, I think that, like, for interview, um, I know she had stage practice with the crown coach, um, takes an army, guys, for pageantry, and takes an army, um, but you might learn for different ways. You might have one coach, two coaches. But as I said, like, there's going to be conflict and advice from so many people. And it's basically what style works for you and how you're getting out of the rehearsed thing. Because, like, for me, well, I don't know. <laughs> I judge my, like, I had really good feedback from the judges. So I don't think I sounded too rehearsed. But, like, I do this for a living. So, I'm as rehearsed as, as there could be. It's, like, very much rehearsed. But it's because it's knowing the difference and knowing what works for me versus what works for someone else. And changing, like, when I change your guys' answers to a pageantry answer, like, it will sound different. Like, yeah. So, don't, if you do get a comment of saying you sound over-rehearsed, um know that at least it means you're practicing <laughs> take the take the positives from that um but a lot of us do we get that we sound nervous so it sounds like it could be over practicing or we spoke really fast um 
it's just taking that feedback in a positive light and applying it to your next pageant. Um, so please remember, in order to avoid that, to not repeat the question back, to not repeat the typical pageant phrases, and basically, yeah, to not over-rehearse. A week at most. Every week. Now, there is the question of how early is too early? And it's not too early to start coaching in the slightest, even if your pageant's a year away. However, you're not going to be doing the same practice uh, like a month before than you do a week before, uh, like a like six months before you you're going to do a monthly session you might do walk training every three months <laughs> and then as it gets closer then you're up to two sessions a month uh, for interview and then every two months for interview uh, for walking or every month for, for for that you know and then it gets closer and closer um but spreading out that time like, <laughs> I've had, I've had it before where I've done training with someone every day until they flew out. Um, and the improvement is there, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. And um, if you know it, you know it. Now, this queen was, she knew it. She just needed the confidence to go over some answers. That's all she needed. And sometimes you do need that. Um, it's being confident in your answers, guys you can do it so yes no over rehearsing but actual over rehearsing but the the question back the stereotypical answers and yeah i don't think i can give you any more advice than that on the the over rehearsing sound and also judges opinions are just that opinions you know what sounded good to someone might not sound good to someone else might sound fantastic to another person so as long as you take the feedback with a great spirit don't be petty like me <laughs> I think I'm very lucky that the last like feedback well I had feedback in America because you actually get given your scores uh, for Yami and Waimai um, so you get given them in the envelope I wonder where I put the envelope actually because I have it somewhere I have the scores somewhere in this pageant world in my pageant bedroom somewhere <laughs> I'm like oh I'm gonna find that so I can see exactly where I need to go but there was no like comments and stuff uh the last feedback I had was like 2017 and it was like didn't know the motto but I still won best interview <laughs> because I believed in what I was trying to say and that's what you guys need to do is believe um but Answers on a postcard about changing the name pageant party. We need something else. Um, <laughs> and if you hadn't noticed at Sparkles, we are now adding the Sparkles discussions. So I have Beth next month. I also have a couple of other guests. Um, and these are going to be like pageant experts or coaches like myself, directors. Basically people that aren't competing. Most of them are competing, but they have a side hustle in pageantry, should we say. Um, because I feel like we do need to have more open, honest discussions, and I think this is a, a great way of going over certain things. And hopefully, you know, you guys can send in questions that you always wanted to ask, and we can give you our honest opinions. Because there's one thing I'm gonna be is honest. I am a loudmouth. I am a loudmouth, but I'm also an introvert. So. 
It's a very weird combination. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have the Sparkles discussions. The raffle is still ongoing. Handbooks and flashcards are available to buy. Pageant con stuff will be revealed next month. But for now, I'm going to wash this tan off and attempt to write. Um, so we shall see. But thank you for listening.